Bibles, grab your notebooks if you would please. Today we're going to talk about being thankful. Psalms 100, Psalms 100, verses one through five. Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Go ahead and do that, shout. Don't you love how it just starts there? It doesn't say wait for something else to happen. It doesn't say wait for all the bad things to go away. It starts with a shout unto the Lord, amen. amen. Serve the Lord with gladness and delight. Come before his presence with joyful singing. Here you go again. Come before him with joyful singing. Aren't you glad it doesn't say on key, it doesn't say professional, it just says joyful. Some of us, all we have is the ability to make a joyful what? Noise, let it be but make it joyful. Know and fully recognize with gratitude that the Lord himself is God. I love how it puts it on us to position our hearts and our minds with gratitude, to come with a mindset of I'm already grateful. I'm already thankful. Now God knows we have needs. God knows you're going through stuff, but you know God is putting these things in here for our benefit, not because he's egotistical, not because he wants just people to tell him how good he is, that God is declaring and teaching and requiring of us to come with a shout, to come with a mindset of joy, to come with a spirit of gratefulness and to have gratitude towards the Lord. It is he who made us, not we ourselves, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And you know what, I think that alone is enough to put your hands up in the air and to say, thank you, Lord. I am one of your sheep. You are my shepherd. I am in your pasture. He's gonna take care of us. He's gonna lead us, provide for us, protect us. The Lord is good. Verse four, enter his gates. And I can say enter the sanctuary, enter these doors. Enter his gates with a song of thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. It doesn't say wait for Pastor Josue to sing your favorite song. It doesn't say wait for the organ to give you a little It doesn't wait for something external to happen or change. It says enter his gates with a song of thanksgiving, his courts with praise, and be thankful. And that's a command, right? Be thankful. Make a choice, make a decision, shift into thankful. Come on now, be thankful. Bless and praise his name for the Lord is good. His mercy and loving kindness are everlasting. His faithfulness endures to all generations. Today is about being thankful. Today is about unpacking and seeing the gift and the gifts that God has already given us. And in being thankful and in praising and in worshiping him, it will continue to move your life forward. We're gonna talk about that today. I had this image this week of this gift and I envisioned this gift being so much bigger than us. Do you see what God has already done is so much bigger than what we could ask, think, or imagine. 
who God is and what God makes available in so great a salvation, so great a gift in Christ that has already been given to us, that we already have more than enough to be shouting and singing and worshiping and dancing and being thankful all the days of our lives. When we get into heaven one day and we're standing before the throne of God, we're going to be shouting and declaring and kneeling and throwing our crowns down because of all the things that are inside of what Christ did, not because of all the little things that he got us through during our lives because our lives are already gone. What we're worshiping for in that moment is for who he is, what he did in eternity, how he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth, how he bought and paid and purchased for us to come stand in his presence for the real gifts, the real glorious things, the things that we don't think about when we're in our current need, in our current situation, but things that are always moving inside of our lives. Well, I said a lot more than I thought I was gonna say right there. And so today, we're going to unpack so great a salvation, so great a gift that we have in Christ. We're gonna look inside of this so great gift and be thankful for all that he's provided for us. Let's talk about thankfulness and why it's important. Absolutely. Uh, well, let's, we get to co-teach today. Isn't this Woo! fun? High five. <laughs> I'm thankful for you, baby. Aw. Yeah, Aw. No, I should have said that. You should have, but I beat you to it. <laughs> Do you, how many of you have a tradition by raise of hands, you go around and say what you're thankful for on Thanksgiving? Did you do that this year? Or at least some sort of some way pausing and reflecting on, thank, on just what you're thankful for. Um, powerful, powerful thing to do. How many of you have another tradition called Black Friday shopping? <laughs> Maybe you're not admitting it. Some of you, yes. I used to go Black Friday shopping. Uh, I used to be one of the diehards that took off at midnight on Thursday evening and went all day long and out shopped everyone. That was not recently, though. <laughs> Can I tell I on you? No. Can I tell on you? So here's what would happen. No, I have the... You got your time. You okay. No, I got to tell them the story. Listen, <laughs> this is what would happen. She would lay out newspapers, find all the deals, and she's like, we're going to save all this yes, money on the kids. Yes, yes. Yeah. You get the newspaper. Many Black Fridays, you'd come home, and you bring bags of stuff that you save money on, but Careful. none of it was for the kids. It was deals. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> come on, come on. That's what Black Friday shopping's all about, right? Girls, there's something called girl math out there, and you know what I'm talking about because I saved him a whole bunch of money on Black Friday, traditionally. <laughs> and I did some Christmas shopping. Yes, you did. Yes. Some. <laughs> oh my gosh, trying to come pull it back in. All right. We are talking about being thankful today. Um, and it's interesting, I love the fact that we have one, at least one time a year on the calendar where we pause. And it's called Thanksgiving, and it is where we focus on being thankful. Um, and a lot of times we think, okay, that's just something nice and traditional. It's something that we do here in the United States. But you know, it's an incredibly scriptural and biblical, not just um, practice, but it's a tool that God has given us. We just read a scripture uh, in Psalms 100 verses 1 through 5 where we're saying, be thankful to him, bless him and praise his name for the Lord is good. His mercy and loving kindness and everlasting are everlasting. His faithfulness endures to all generations. So many things to be thankful for because God is great. And even in that scripture, it talks about entering his courts, coming before him with praise and thanksgiving. 
but it's also a very powerful tool that God has given us. And so I want, that's what I, at this, before we go any further in talking about what we have to be thankful for, because it is so big and so vast and so, just so much more than we could ever think or imagine. I want to talk to us today that God talks to us about being thankful, not for his sake. He doesn't need us to be thankful, but it's for us. And there's a lot of things that being thankful does for us. And do you know that human nature, we're not just by natural human nature, we're not thankful people by nature, right? Our flesh doesn't always want to be thankful. Our flesh doesn't want to see all of the good. Our flesh likes to complain. Don't point fingers at the people next to you on that one because you can point them right back at you too, right? Our flesh likes to complain. Our flesh likes to be upset. Our flesh likes to assume. Our flesh likes to see all of the things that are lacking in all the situations and circumstances. But it takes us, it takes us be, being and becoming intentional to practice and really flex the muscle yeah. and work out the muscle of being thankful. But it has a huge impact in our lives. I'd like to read you a scripture. Philippians 4, verses 6, 6 through 8, it says this. Don't worry about anything. We've heard that before, right? We hear that and we think, okay, God, that's just nice. Don't worry about anything. Okay, that's nice. But instead, pray about everything. Okay, we've heard that part of the scripture before as well. Don't worry, I'm going to pray about it. Take it to God. Tell God what you need. But then what does the next part of that scripture say? And thank him for all he's done. But listen, then you will experience God's peace. Yep. Which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So I would put before you then, there's more than just praying and releasing it to him. But there's something connected to being thankful to receiving God's peace as you walk away from your prayer time. It's a powerful place to be. You know, it's interesting because before I even taken a deep dive into studying thankfulness and the powerful effects that thankfulness has on it, has on a person, it was interesting because the Lord, and I think I've shared it before, so some of you have may, maybe have heard me share this story, but when we were in transition, moving here from Illinois, moving to Florida, and there was just a lot of walking by faith and, you know, just different things of trusting God. It was one of the most incredible years of my life in a, in a season of trusting God, but it was also one of the most difficult, was one of the most uncertain, was one of the most um, times in my life where there was lots of uh, temptation to worry, to be stressed, almost as if like anxiety and panic attacks coming on, almost as if carrying the weight of the world, all of this pressure on our shoulders because there was so much going on at the time for our family and for multiple parts of our life. And one of the things that the Lord specifically told me to do, and I didn't know why, but you know, you don't always ask why when God tells you to do something, right? When God tells you to do something, our response is, yes, Lord, why? Because I trust him and he knows better than I do. And if I have to ask and get a reason and a why every single time before I do it, I've probably missed it by that point. But if he can say to me, do this, and my response is, yes, Lord, I'll do it and I'll do it now. 
And one of the things the Lord asked me to do in that season was to take out my journal and start writing down every single day 10 things. And he was specific with me on that number. I'm not saying there's anything magic about that number. I'm just saying that's what the Lord asked me to do, was to write down 10 things that I was thankful for each and every single day. Some days, that was really easy. Other days, I sat there and threw a temper tantrum for about an hour before I could even write one thing down. I couldn't see anything. I couldn't find anything that I was thankful for. I was so irritated. I was stressed. I was frustrated. There was something wrong with every single part of my life. It wasn't perfect. And for a recovering perfectionist, this was something else the Lord was working on in my own life as well. But he had me start writing down all the things that I was thankful for. And as I look back studying this, I realized in Philippians, as I was praying every single day about all the things that I was believing God for, the breakthrough, the miracle, all of that, he was putting in practice the second part of this verse to me, saying Maria with prayer and thanksgiving, because he knew how important peace was going to be for me in that season. And I needed to hang on to peace that didn't make sense in the middle of everything that I'm going through. Right? There have been plenty of times in my life that my situations and circumstances were all up in the air, out of my control, things going on, not looking in the natural good. But I would, yes, would pray about them, but I would also stand in the middle of those circumstances, praying and believing God, knowing he's going to, you know, speaking the word in those situations, but then standing in a place of gratefulness and thanksgiving in the middle of that to see peace come. There's a lot of, there's three things that I want you to write down in your notes and take home with you that Thanksgiving does because it's powerful. Gratitude, thankfulness, because it's creative. Thankful, being thankful and grateful creates. It creates something. It creates hope in our hearts because you have to pause and you have to think about who your God is. You have to think about what he's done. You have to think about what he says. And it takes your eyes off of the natural situation and puts them on the supernatural God that you serve that supersedes every physical and natural situation you find yourself in. So pausing and being thankful creates hope. Yeah. It creates faith in your heart. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and by and hearing by the word of God. And so as I focus on the word of God, as I focus on what God has done time and time again, as I find myself being thankful for the things he's done, for the things that he said he's going to do, for who he is in the word of God, as I stir up an attitude of thankfulness, faith begins to rise in my heart and I begin to see the situations and circumstances through eyes of faith rather than through eyes of fear and worry, which are just limited to the physical, natural resources. Faith creates peace, or gratitude creates peace. We talked about that already. Thankfulness creates. This is a posture that we're, as Christians, as believers, taught to live from this place of thankfulness and gratitude because it's powerful. But it's not something that comes natural to us, right? We said that already. This is something that we have to be intentional about, which we'll talk about in a bit. Thankfulness also protects I was so grateful for this. This actually, um, my husband taught this to our staff a couple weeks ago. And it's something inside of me just shot through me like a, a just, I got so thankful for the Lord again when he mentioned this. Thankfulness protects. It protects your heart. It protects you from bitterness and doubt. And I realized even in that season that the Lord asked me to write things down, not only was he making sure that I could hang on to peace, but he was also protecting my heart from getting bitter, 
from getting angry, from being selfish, from getting all this junk inside of it that I would later have to try to dig out and uproot. God was protecting me in the middle of what I was walking through by telling me to be thankful, teaching me to be grateful, teaching me to see him at work in my life when every part of my flesh didn't want to see it because I was mad that it wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. But by teaching me to be thankful, he was protecting my heart. So thankfulness protects. It protects you from selfishness because your eyes aren't on you. Your eyes are on what God's done. From fear, it protects fear from being able to take root in my heart. Because as I'm looking at Jesus, there's no room for that, right? I'm open my eyes, I can see who God is. His perfect love casts out fear. Their fear can't take root in my heart. Bitterness and doubt, it guards my heart and keeps me out of a scarcity mentality. And finally, thankfulness spreads. It's contagious. My friends, the quickest way to change an atmosphere in your house, Amen. to change the atmosphere in your job, to change the atmosphere is to begin to be thankful, to show up rather than with a, a, a complaining mentality around your kids, to show up rather than with a scarcity mentality, well, like there's not enough and keeps you in fear and hanging on to um, just, just having that lack mentality, that scarcity mentality, is to start to be thankful and grateful inside of your house. It spreads, it's contagious. It's doesn't just stay with you. It starts to have a ripple effect. You can change the atmosphere in your home. You can change the atmosphere in your family. It spreads, amen, to your children and to others. You don't, then don't just have to be a recipient of the environment around you, but you have the power to change the atmosphere around you by being thankful. Because everything you do, the way that you show up, everything we do is a seed, right? The words we speak is a seed. How we show up, how we act All of it is a seed. Thankfulness is so powerful. Amen. So today you can see that we're actually thankful for the gift of thankfulness. Huh? See what it did there? See? While I was praying about this message earlier this week, I just kind of felt the tug of the Holy Spirit saying, you know, nothing has to change in order for you to start being thankful. You know, we don't have to wait for another miracle to start being thankful for the miracles he's already done. You don't have to wait for these emotions to move before you can choose thankfulness for past promises that he's already fulfilled. And so this thing about thankfulness and be thankful, nothing, nothing in the natural right now has to change for you to choose thankfulness. That's what we're going to talk a little bit about as well. You've already received Christ. You've already received this so great a salvation. You've received so many things. And when we begin to unpack and remember and think and meditate, like the Bible tells us to, on these things, we already have so much that we could outshout the enemy's voice in our life for what has already taken place. We don't have to wait for something else to change before today you can choose to start dancing and singing and celebrating. And I know it's hard. As a matter of fact, Marie and I were preparing for this message and I had a bad attitude. I'm gonna be honest, I'll confess on myself. I had a bad attitude yesterday. And you know, a lot of times when you begin to preach on something, you begin to experience spiritual warfare the day before, I'm just gonna confess that. And man, I wanted to be negative yesterday. I wanted to take a scuba dive into the depths of my like selfishness and attitude. And Maria was so sweet. She's like, 
what are some good things that God's already done in our lives? And I'm like, don't you put the sermon. I know what you're doing, you gospel ninja, trying to fight my attitude. But she was right. Nothing else has to happen for us to choose, say choose, to be thankful. I'm thankful for the gift of thankfulness. First, or John chapter one, verse 16 from the Amplified says this, I'm talking to you now about what you've already been given. For out of his fullness, this is God's fullness, the superabundance of his grace and truth, we have all received. That includes everyone, correct? Grace upon grace. Now the Amplified expounds on that and says spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. Favor upon favor, gift upon gift. We've already, all of us, not just those individuals over there and you think, oh, they're blessed or that family goes, uh, gets so many favors from God. You, my friend, if you will choose to see it, have been given many favors from God. Gift upon gift, blessing upon blessing. Ephesians chapter one, verse three. Blessed and worthy of praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, come on now, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. You've already been blessed with every spiritual blessing because of this great gift we have in Christ. And I know there's a part of us, if we were honest, that would say, well, Pastor Kevin, don't really need spiritual blessings right now. I need cash. <laughs> I need food blessings. I need clothing blessings. I need relational blessings. I need, and so we miss it when we hear that spiritual blessings. We're like, oh yeah, you're right. One day in the sweet by and by, I'll be blessed. No, you are blessed now. Yeah. And you wanna know what spiritual blessings create? Physical change and transformation. Because every good and perfect gift comes to us from the spiritual realm, the Father of light. So it's going to start from the Spirit and he's gonna bring it to you in the here and now. You know, spiritual blessings like having access to the throne of grace. That's a spiritual blessing, but it transforms your here and now. Having a spiritual blessing of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. How many know a spiritual blessing turns into a physical change? So may we not devalue or underappreciate it when it says you've been blessed with every. That means everything in heaven God has given to you in Christ. There's no greater gift than Christ himself. And all of the gifts are wrapped up in Christ. <laughs> Woo! Come on. And so please don't shrink it down to say, oh, Pastor Kevin, I need physical blessing. I don't need spiritual blessing. Your physical world will transform when you tap into the spiritual blessings and abilities and promises that God has given us in Christ. Are you ready to see what's inside this so great of salvation? Well, let's, let's kind of open up this beautiful gift and let's dig out some of the blessings. So. Let's pick up some of these gifts and let's see some of the things that God has blessed us with inside this greater gift of Christ. Isn't that a beautiful picture? This is what I saw when I was praying for us today, that in Christ, many times we just leave it as I've been saved. I received Jesus 
And this was God's gift to us. But inside of God's gift of Christ are all these other gifts. And if we take time to analyze, to see, to appreciate, to value these gifts, then we're gonna realize that we've been given grace upon grace, gift upon gift, blessing upon blessing, favor upon favor, and that I can be shouting every time I come to the house of the Lord. I can be shouting in my hospital room. I can be shouting even in the courtroom before I go into court. I can be shouting at the workplace. Amen. So here are, I'm gonna go quickly through them, and I will have them for you on the altars here later. There's hard copies on the altars, and we have them in your Calvary Lando notes in your app. But 29 gifts that we have inside the gift of Christ and I have scriptures to back them up. We wanna resource you today. Number one, we're gonna start real quick. Number one, you have been adopted into the family of God. That is something to be grateful for and celebrate. That's a spiritual gift, but it makes change and transformation in our everyday life. Galatians chapter four, verse four through seven, but when in God's plan, the proper time had fully come. So that was the appropriate time that it had fully come and God sent his son, Jesus, born of a woman, born under the regulations of the law so that he might redeem and liberate those that were under the law. That we who believe might be adopted as sons, as God's children with all the rights, as fully grown members of the family of God. We have been adopted into God's own family as his dear children. And I love what the Amplified says there as fully mature children that though we are newborn babes in Christ, he still treats you like a full-grown son or daughter in Christ. He doesn't talk to you like a baby. He talks to you like a son. He talks to you like a daughter, amen? Absolutely. And because you really are his sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then you are an heir through, through the gracious act of God in Christ. Number two, Christ is dwelling within us. See, these are gifts that we have. We don't realize, hey, I've been made in the gift of Christ. I've been made a child of God, fully mature. He's He's my heavenly father too. And we have Christ dwelling within us. It's not Christ up there on some holy mountain. It's not Christ way up there in heaven somewhere. This is Christ within you every single day. When you're going through the good times and you're going through the tough times, when you're walking through the valley of a shadow, you don't have to fear an evil, why? Because Christ is in you. You don't have to go find him. What if I don't feel him today? Does that mean he's not there? No, because I have this gift that has been given to me. I have this precious promise that has been given to me that Christ will never leave me or forsake me. Christ is in you, in you. Amen, dwells, Christ dwells within you. You are the temple of God. There's a lot of blessing inside of this little blessing. Like when you're going through a tough time and you need to go pray for a sick person, you don't feel very spiritual. It's not you, it's Christ in you that's ministering to that person. You're like, who am I? I'm just a, I'm just a little old man or a little old lady or I'm just a, I don't have an education. I never did this or this, but Christ is in you. But Christ is in you. Do you see who is in you and the gift that has been deposited on the inside of you? I don't feel big enough. I don't feel smart enough. I don't feel worthy. I don't feel qualified. But Christ is in you. Christ, God himself, God is in you. 
Amen. Colossians 1.27, to whom God was pleased to make known how great for the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ within and among you, the hope of realizing God's glory. Real quickly, I'll read a couple, and I won't read through the scriptures because I've got about 100 scriptures here, but just so you can see these gifts. Number three, you are now a citizen of heaven. You are a citizen of the heavenly realm. So not just this American level here or other countries or their laws or their policies or things that may change. You are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Number four, completion. He who's begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. He is not gonna leave you half done, half baked. He's not gonna leave you halfway on the road. He's gonna get you there. All of that is in this great gift of salvation. We're on a journey. And sometimes we're up on a mountain and sometimes we're in a valley, but we walk through and he will complete what he's begun. Number five, a divine inheritance. You have a divine inheritance. Number six, eternal life. We've been given eternal life. Come on. If there's nothing else to be thankful for, we've been given eternal life. So when our loved ones pass on and we realize the holidays can become really challenging because for some of you, this will be the first holiday where you're missing someone at the table. But though we lose them on this side, we don't lose them forever. Amen. We do not mourn like those who have no hope because it's so evident through the scripture that Jesus wants us to know we have eternal life. We have it. Number seven, the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins. Number eight, freedom from condemnation and judgment. Freedom from condemnation and judgment. You feel this shame, you feel this guilt, come and bring it to Jesus. Come and bring it to the cross. He removes it from you so you no longer have to live under that shame of guilt and condemnation. Number nine, freedom from the power of sin. Freedom from the power of sin. You no longer have sin, no longer has dominion over you. Too many times we believe that this sin or this temptation is greater than you. That is a lie. That sin, that temptation, those bondages, Jesus has taken those things. He has set you free from those things. And there is no sin, no addiction, no bondage that is greater than the Christ on the inside of you. Amen. Number 10, God's will being worked within you and within your life. There is now access for the God of heaven to bring his full will into your home into your body, into your workplace, into your kids. The will of God has no barriers invading your life now. That is a beautiful gift inside this so great of salvation. Number 11, you have the Holy Spirit himself, God himself in the Holy Spirit and all of his fruit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You have all those things available when you need them. More gifts. Amen. Amen. And there's so many things available to us. I want to, you know, it's, it, it's interesting to me. I know what it's like to go through darker seasons where it's difficult, like I shared just a few minutes ago, to find things to be thankful for. But my friend, I'm encouraging you today, take a hold, whether on the app or come grab one of these resources that we've laid down here. Because this is, a, this is where we start. Like if you're having a hard time seeing 
and being grateful and understanding or just even having faith, all of those things, then start here. Start with the resources we're giving you. Start with the scriptures. Understand this is all yours. It's all yours. Everything that we're reading scriptures today, the reason we're going through 29 different things, which we know it's impossible, every single one of these 29 things would be a whole message or a message series in and of themselves. But just beginning to start to help you open your eyes and helping us begin the process of flexing those Thanksgiving muscles. Begin to see it because our natural eyes don't see all the things that we're grateful for because the enemy likes to do a really good job of making you not be able to see anything to be grateful for so that you stay sunk in a pit. And you don't live victoriously like God's called you to live. You don't go do what you're called to do. And you don't minister and reach out to the people that you're called to minister to when your eyes are selfish and angry and bitter and feeling like there's nothing going right in the world. So this is something that we have to be intentional about. Intentional about. Listen, fear, panic, anxiety, worry. The Bible is very clear to meditate on the word of God. So go find these scriptures. Pick one point. Pull apart every single one of these scriptures until it becomes alive in your spirit. You may read it for the first time, one time, and it might just go over your head. But really begin to unpack, what is this saying to me right now? Why does this matter in my life? Why is this a gift inside of that salvation? What changes? Ask yourself those questions. And then all of a sudden it becomes rhema. What does that mean? It's, it's alive inside of you. And you begin, you, and it's like this electric bolt. How many of you have read the Bible? At some point you've read a scripture five million times and you read it all of a sudden one day and it's like it's brand new and it's come alive. Have you ever done that yeah. before? I've done that before. It will come alive on the inside of you. But it's something that we have to be intentional about to practice. Amen. There's so many gifts in here. Oh my goodness. Wait, you really can't see me, can you? There's like this voice from behind. But I can't even bring them all out. Oh my gosh. Now I'm closed in. It's fine. It's all fine. He's not helping. It's good. It's all right. It's fine. I got it. All right. There we go. We make a good team. Look at that. There's so many more gifts that we have. And I'm just going to read a few because we can't take forever. I mean, we'd like to. But we have hope for tomorrow. Romans 8:28. The scripture says this. And we know, listen, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Listen, you have hope. You have hope. The devil doesn't get to win. Amen. A life submitted to Christ, holding on to God's hand. Don't let go of his hand. Yep. Don't let go of his hand. But as long as you're holding on to his hand, you have hope. Because God will turn things around for your good. Because the enemy doesn't get to win in your life. Hallelujah. So no matter what happens, somehow, some way, God will turn that thing around. You just hang on to his hand. So as sons and daughters of God, we have hope. We don't live hopeless lives. So if the enemy tries to tell you that you're hopeless, because he does, he whispers, right? Doesn't he whisper? And then we start to believe those lies. You go back to scripture, you realize, listen, I, I am not hopeless. Amen. I am hopeful because I know who my God is. 
Amen. My goodness, we are cleansed from the inside out by the blood of Jesus. Sin has no, doesn't get to have a permanent stain on our lives. The blood of Jesus cleanses us and washes us whiter than snow. Which here in Florida, we don't really know what snow looks like a whole lot. But I tell you, if you've seen snow or lived, it's beautiful. That first snow, when it, it, it just covers everything perfectly and the snow will line every branch of every tree but it is white it doesn't stay white for very long but it is white and beautiful and those scriptures come back it cleanses me whiter than snow amen i am justified in god's sight because of jesus i am justified in god's sight and i'm also made the righteousness of god in christ jesus i am redeemed amen i didn't just get saved and because of jesus's blood on the cross and then he left me far away i'm brought back into right standing with god that's powerful i have the light of god that shines through me to other people that's powerful amen i have the light of god that shines through me to other people i have also had the mind of christ yes now come on now that that I started quoting that scripture in my school days. Amen? <laughs> I was like, thank you, God, that I have the mind of Christ, which means I can comprehend whatever's put in front of me. Holy Spirit, you're going to help me through this thing, and I can re retain everything that I've studied, bring back to my remembrance what I've studied. So I started, I started quoting those scriptures when I was in school. But then as I grew and, you know, matured slightly, not get older, whatever, I don't know. But as I grew up, I quote that I have the mind of Christ, which means that I can pull on what his wisdom, what he has. I say, Holy Spirit, can you just show me what do I need to do right here? What do I need to do right now? How do I navigate this situation? Where do I find the information? Help me to understand it. Help me to receive it. Help me to process it. I'm not alone. He didn't just leave me to figure this thing out on my own. Amen? Right. Oh, I love that one. I have the mind of Christ. I am near to God. There's so many scriptures there. I could have read this one too, but just even that he's brought me near to him. I'm also a new creation in Christ Amen. Jesus. Thank you, God. He's not just left me the same I was. I'm completely new creation in Christ Jesus. This is so good. I, well, this one, Romans 6, 17, 22 says this. Thank God. Once you were slaves of sin, but now you, are whole, now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. So that means I have a new self and governing disposition. I don't have to do what my old self did. Amen. Right. But I, am, I can stand and follow Christ. I'm not bound to all those things in the past, but I am free. Amen. I can walk and right. live and, and do what God's called me to do. There's a freedom in that. I'm not bound to addiction. I'm not bound to all of those things in my past. That's powerful. Yeah. Amen. I can make choices. The enemy doesn't have a hold over me. There's nothing that gets to hold, have a, have a bondage or control over me. Amen. I'm a free child of God. My name is written in the book of life, the Lamb's book of life. Now that alone is something to celebrate. Praise the Lord. I have peace with God. Listen, that's a big one. I have peace with God. That's beautiful. I don't have to be afraid. You know, there's so many people are taught weird things that God hates them growing up. 
or maybe you're raised in certain denominations where maybe you heard that God doesn't like you or he's out to get you or, he, or, or you're just not in good standing with him. My friend, as a child of God, you have peace with God. He loves you very, very much. And that's part of what's in that gift. You don't have to be afraid of your heavenly father. That's right. He is a good father. That's right. And you have peace with him. That's an internal struggle that's very real for people who are told these things their whole life. If that's something that you struggle with and maybe you have a hard time running towards God because you're scared that he's, he doesn't like you or doesn't want you, let this scripture just wash over you. You grab a hold of this one and you read that and realize you have peace with God. And 1 John 4, 4, but you belong to God, my dear children. You've already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. For every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the son of God. We have power to overcome the world because greater is he that lives in us than he that lives in the world. It means we're not, we, we can live a victorious overcoming life. We're not subject to the darkness of the world. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. So we have all of these 29 things inside of the gift that we can begin to be grateful for. You begin to understand why God is looking at us saying, be thankful, be thankful. Realize what you've already received. Nothing new has to shift or change for you to begin to rejoice, to begin to be thankful. And there's about seven more that we don't have time to go through because we want to give you a couple to-dos today, a little bit of life experience, life lessons, some practicums for you to be able to do. So I'm going to start with mine and then we'll go to Maria on one. The first one that I'll share with you is this. Begin verbally expressing gratitude to others. Begin verbally expressing gratitude to others. Like Maria keeps saying, practice that thankfulness muscle. If we make thankfulness a habit, a sudden um, response when something good happens or you see something in someone else that should be encouraged or fan their flame, if you begin to make that a habit in your personal life, then it's going to become more first nature, more natural. But use your words. Too many times people, they think nice thoughts towards others, but they don't take the next step and actually declare or speak it out. Husbands, I'm encouraging you too many times. We have thoughts, good thoughts towards our wife, but we have forgotten, we've taken for granted, and it's been too long since we verbally celebrated them, uh, to them, whether in front of the children, the grandchildren, other people. In our culture, sometimes we think it's funny to kind of ding one another and be sarcastic to each other. I rebuke that. Don't sit there and bite your spouse verbally for the sake of a joke or humor. That's a bad habit, come on. I don't know why I got on that soapbox, but I feel like I should have. <laughs> the Bible says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good and edifies those who hear it. And so let's start taking control of our tongue again. Let's start using our tongue for good and not for bad. And let's deliberately use our words to be thankful. Thankful to your server at the restaurant. Yeah. Don't just be rude and give me some more breadsticks, you know? Say please and thank you, just like your mama taught you. Say please and thank you. Make it a habit. Make it a practice. Even to your coworkers, to your staff. 
Your staff is not your slaves. They are not your slaves. And even though you may be able to have the freedom to say, would you do this or would you do this? Even your staff in a culture of please and thank you would still appreciate that. Are you hearing me, church? All right. Amen. Amen. So what we're doing, hopefully you notice these next couple of points. We're, we're, we're helping us because we know that this is a tool that God's given us, right? Thankfulness is a tool that God's given us to protect us to, because it's creative and because it spreads. So how do we develop this tool inside of us? Well, one is start being thankful to the people around you, like he mentioned, being verbal with it. But a second one, I would encourage you to consider starting a thankfulness or gratitude journal or somewhere where you begin to write it down. Let's Listen, if you set aside some time in your day, because listen, if we have all the good intentions in the world, but we don't set time aside to actually do something, we're not going to do it. We're creatures of habit. In order to build new habits, it takes a lot of time to build a new habit. As a matter of fact, for those of us who have a really hard time being thankful or practicing gratitude because maybe we've just never done it, you actually don't just build a new habit. Part of building a new habit is rewiring the neurotransmitters in your brain. This is a thing, okay? And so we have to put things into practice and do them consecutively over a period of time in order to build a new habit. But listen, all these things, the way that we think, the way that we see things, it begins, there's seeds into our life as well. So I encourage you, set some time aside, pull your, out a gratitude journal, a piece of paper, use your iPhone, your iPad, whatever works for you. I love to do it in my prayer time. I write down things that the Lord's spoken to me, things that he's showing me in the word of God. And before I get up, I write down all the things I'm grateful for. I pause and I reflect. I can be thankful for whatever God said to me in the word, things he's done, shown me. There's moments where he's in that moment when I quiet myself and open my heart to see and hear where he's moving. He actually shows me, look, I showed up for you. I did that thing for you. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you did. And I see how God's moving in my life when if I don't pause, life gets going so fast that we miss the miracles that God's doing oftentimes right in front of us. And so we need to see what God's doing for us because, it, A, I mean, we have such a good God and he's always moving on our behalf that it builds our faith as well. And as a little side note, before we go to the next thing, all it takes is a very quick Google, Google search to realize that thankfulness and gratitude has a lot of physical benefits to your physical person as well. So not only does this have spirit, spiritual benefits, but it actually, just in the secular world, it helps decrease stress helps decrease anxiety, helps decrease, um, ha helps your interpersonal relationships and social um, interactions with individuals, plus a whole lot more things. So it's how like the Lord mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to tell us to do something for spiritual benefits, but to realize because our spiritual and physical are very connected, that it's actually going to help bring a lot of peace to us personally as well. So I'd encourage you, pull out a t your journal and make sure you write down some things. Last two practical things. I'll ask the worship team to come on out. Uh, one is create visual, visual cues around. You can put up um, signs in your home. You know, people go to Hobby Lobby. One of the things you love are the paintings and the different artwork they have that have specific statements or encouragements about being um, thankful or having praise or what family means. I would encourage you to start filling visibly around your office space in your home signs and things that'll trigger to remind you to be thankful always. 
You can wear t-shirts. People wear t-shirts with statements all the time that like, I'm a superstar, I'm a prince, I'm amazing, you're great. Well, how about writing something like, I am grateful, I am thankful for who God is. You can write, you can wear these things as well. But visual cues take the intentional moment and figure out where to put things in front of you that remind you to be thankful all the time. And the last thing is this, we're gonna write a thank you card. We're gonna take five minutes more in the service. You know, this is kind of something um, people, you know, in a generation probably before my generation were really good at writing thank you cards. When I was young, my mom would always say, write thank you cards, because that was something they grew up doing. And it wasn't something that was normal for me, but she made sure that we filled out our thank you cards for our wedding. Come on now, I mean, remember, fill out your wedding thank you cards. Normally it's because mom made you do it. But now you have thank, thank, thank you texts you can send. You can have you know, thank you emails, thank you cards, thank you whatever expression, but just getting in the habit. You know, there's a few people I've gone out to lunch with that they'll send me a thank you for the time text afterwards. And it's always just very kind, but you could tell it's a habit that they've developed in their life. So before we leave today, we've talked about so many things that we could be thankful to the Lord over. I think it would be premature for us just to say a prayer and leave. I think it's important now that we pause for five minutes and we let the Lord speak to us, help us see him, and we take some specific time to fill out those cards. If you need more cards, they're up here at the altar, but I would encourage you to move out of your seat if you want to, and you can come sit at the altar. That's a great place to come write a thank you card to the Lord. You can sit at your seat. Go ahead, you can begin moving now, that's fine. I would encourage you to position yourself wherever you and Jesus can have some private alone moments where you can authentically spend a few minutes thinking, thanking, expressing your heart, expressing your love to the Lord. Also at the altar, we have the 29 things. So at the end of the service, if you don't have one or you don't prefer the app, we have them printed that you can utilize here. But let me say a quick word of prayer to kind of set the atmosphere. Pastor Osue is gonna lead us in a chorus and you begin to write out your own words of why you're thankful today. Choose to see what the Lord has already done. Choose to celebrate. That doesn't mean you're ignoring your current needs. It means you're practicing thankfulness right in the middle of it and watch what God will do with it. Heavenly Father, right now, as we position ourselves and get ready to write these thank you cards, I pray you help us to see, you help us to remember that God, you help us to even write. But Lord, as we begin to write gratitude, write and celebrate what you've already done, I do pray for hope to rise, like Maria was preaching earlier, that things, hope and faith are created, that their hearts begin to become guarded and, and protected from whatever it is they're walking through. And they begin to experience the wonderful peace of God that begins to protect and guard them right now in the middle of whatever they're going through in life. And I pray that grace upon grace, gift upon gift, favor upon favor, that we would begin to unlock all of that gratitude and that it would pour forth from our hearts in Jesus' name. Pastor I would encourage you to keep it in your Bible as something you can pull out maybe six months from now or a year from now and see what God was speaking to you here and you can begin to see what he's done even in between. It's gonna be beautiful. And so I would encourage you today to go ahead and keep doing the rest of that. Maybe make it a practice every year to write a thank you card to the Lord. 
But let's pray over it. And then I'm gonna give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your savior and we'll dismiss. So Heavenly Father, right now in Jesus' name, we thank you for these times of thank you, these, these cards. We pray, God, that you would help write it into our heart, write it into our spirit, God, to be thankful. That God, as we've begun intentionally to write, we've begun intentionally to declare that God, it becomes a habit. That Lord, we don't forget to pause and to celebrate for what you've already done. And Lord, I pray even six months, a year from now, as they go back and read through these cards, that they see how much more even that you've done than even you were before. Thank you for today. Thank you for the gift of thankfulness. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Church, would you just close that with a amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead and celebrate. That's fine. You can celebrate that. Before we dismiss, we always want to give people an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Savior. The Bible tells us that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means every one of us needs Jesus as our Lord and Savior. The Bible goes on to say that the wages, the penalty, the cost of our sin is death, separation from God, even hell. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. The Bible finally goes on to say all, which means every one of us who will call on the name of the Lord shall or will be saved. And saved means saved from, saved from hell, saved from your sin, saved from the devil, saved from that old dead life, but also then saved unto the family of God, saved unto eternal life, saved unto relationship with God himself. And so today I'd like you to bow your heads, close your eyes for just a moment and ask yourself, have I ever asked Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Savior? If not, I wanna give you an opportunity today to make that happen, to call on the name of the Lord. You say, you know, I've never given my life to Jesus. In a moment, I'm gonna to count to three. When I say three, and if you desire to call on the Lord and make him your Savior, just put your hand up right where you are, and that's an expression of faith. We'll pray with you. God sees you right where you are, and here's what you say. So you say, I've never given my life to the Lord, and you'd like to, on the count of three, raise your hand. Or you may say, you know what? I'm not in right relationship with God. At one time, I did have a relationship with Jesus. But if I'm honest, I'm not where I should be. But I'd like a restart. I'd like to renew my commitment to the Lord. When I count to three today, please raise your hand as well, and we will all pray together and welcome you back into a fresh beginning with the Lord. Are you ready? Let me count to three, and if you want to acknowledge and receive prayer, just raise your hand. Ready? One, two, three. If that's you, put your hand up right where you are today, and we will pray for you right at your seat. There's a hand in the middle. There's a hand in the front. Anyone else today? Just put your hand out to the Lord. He sees it. And you call upon the name of the Lord. There's a third hand way in the back. Praise God. He sees it back there. Anybody else today? It's time to give your heart for the first time or to restart to give your heart to the Lord. Church, would you pray for those three or four that raised their hand? And let's agree with them so they're not praying by themselves. Pray this prayer with them, would you please? Dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize that I have sinned and I've walked away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me and that he rose again. Please forgive me of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me, make me new, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take every part of me now, be my God. Thank you for saving me, in Jesus' name, 
Amen. Would you celebrate those today who prayed that prayer? We hope you have been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person for our Sunday morning worship experience every Sunday at 10 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. There you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening. 